welcome to another exciting edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by the Brent. Yes. Every day, you look a little bit more like Kenny Rogers. What's going on? You going to be roasting chickens out in the backyard, plucking a, a banjo? What's happening to you? Listen, considering where I came from, I consider that an incredible win. Well, that's a good point, because a lot of hicks out here. Listen, speaking of hicks, there's nothing hicks like more than bam, fruit, and games about fruit. And by God, that's what and we're talking God about today. soaked in fruit. That's right, <laughs> including moonshine. You know, you would think to yourself... Hey, Amigo Aaron, I don't remember games about fruit getting spun up on the wheel. Well, that's because it did get spun up, brother. Tell them how that's happened to Brent. We did a, a verbal chat choice at, at Boat Fest, uh-huh. and the first thing it was called out was no good. It was but top the banana second thing right that here. was called yeah. out, games about fruit from Hat Chad. Now, Bam, ex- explain it was how that game. happened. That explain how we got to games about fruit to Brent. Uh, someone yelled out "top banana," which obviously is not going to fly. Right. First of all, that's not a that's not a topic. That's a game. Yeah. But after that, uh, uh, games about fruit came out, and I'm pretty sure it was because he was sitting beside a banana. Yeah. But I could be wrong about that. There was a lot of good fruit there at the uh, at the boat fest. You know, I want to talk a little bit about top banana. Before we get into games about fruit here, if you if you All indulge right. me, I thought specifically we chose a different topic. Well, you, you know, someone did scream it. out. I think it was Frank for Retro Rewind. It was. He was being a smarty pants. But as you know, uh, me and the boat have played this little top banana. Gosh, it's been a few years ago on on the Amigos, and it's sort of become our mascot here. I've got the uh, box copy right here. If you're watching at home with Top Banana, we're looking at the beautiful, uh, the beautiful graphics of Top Banana here. Brent, have you played the Top Banana? And if so, what, what's your favorite part of Top Banana? I did play Top Banana. I don't think it's nearly as bad as, as you guys want it to be. Uh-huh. Is it bad? Now, oh, you're yeah, watching the screen bad. as you say that, right? I just want to make sure you're oh, looking no. at the screen when you say it's not as bad. Because we're looking at a photo negative of Liza Minnelli in front of what looks like some sort of nightmare disaster mess in the background. That is the game Top Banana. So what is it that you enjoy about this game? Uh, oh, nothing. You're Absolutely right. nothing. The game's dreadful. Yeah, it's, but it's horrible. But it's not the worst game of all time. It's it's right up there. I, in, in fact, I, I think I beat it this week, but we'll talk about that in a well, little bit. Well, yeah, maybe so. But yeah, Top Banana, now, Aaron, I wanna, horrible game. I want to talk to you a second about games about fruit. Yeah, please. I, I, I struggled mightily to find a game that had a fruit mascot, a yeah. fruit uh, protagonist, yeah. that wasn't a tomato. Okay. Now, tomato, technically a fruit. Yeah, but most there are plenty don't... of tomato games, I think about it, including a game called yeah. the Tomato Game. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it, is, is a tomato a fruit? Yes, yeah, it is. But most people consider it, think of it as a vegetable, use it as a, as a vegetable. Who makes those rules? I'd like to meet that guy. They just it's, He decides that it's not a fruit, that it is a fruit, or that Pluto's not a planet. They just go in the face of decades or hundreds of thousands of years of human knowledge. You can't just make these rules up arbitrarily. I think we're allowed to think that it's a vegetable. All right. Well, I mean, it's not, but that's cool. Uh, I'm pretty sure people like you are the reason why we have these rules. Uh, but it is remarkably difficult. And I mean, there are only a handful of games that feature a fruit as a protagonist. And I was very surprised by that. Uh, I know you went kind of a different route with your game, Aaron, but did you yeah. at least try to find a fruit protagonist? I did. I did I did try to find some. It's funny. I did find lots of fruit uh, protagonists, but they were in, like, Flash games, and they were usually, like, stuff for, like, yes. Fruit of the Loom. They're, like, the California Raisins, crap like that. You know, and I didn't yes. want to play a, a Flash game this week, I'll be honest with you, or ever. Uh, so, yeah. I, <laughs> so I thought to myself, well, what games pr- have a ton of fruit in them? You know, I went that route. And then, right. uh, which is also, I mean, if you think about it, tons of games have a fruit in them. They're pretty, I mean, even stuff like shmups have fruit, like hybrids has collectibles. fruit. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so I wonder, I was like, well, I, so I really had to ponder it. And I, and there were reasons why I ultimately picked the game I did. Uh, and when you look at games that have fruit, like if you're watching at, at home, uh, there's a list going by of a bunch of games that have fruit in the game, right? But guess how many of them are are like fruit ninja related? A lot of them. Yeah. You know, a lot <laughs> yeah. of them are also like 
puzzly. There's puzzle games. And then there's stuff like, yes. oh, Miss Pac-Man. So, well, yeah, duh. But, I mean, so it's it was not what I would call uh, the easiest ch- uh, way to choose. I thought it'd be a lot easier, if I'm honest. Uh, but I did uh, too. it was not it was not easy for me. In fact, I found it difficult. I did find games. There are games where you garden, you know, or stuff like that. But I didn't want to play that. That stuff, you know. People like that. Well, what's, what's that game for the Switch that everybody likes, where you do the all the gardening and stuff? I can't remember the name uh, of it. Harvest Moon. Oh, uh, Animal Crossing. That's right, Animal Crossing. I I can't stomach those games. I I couldn't pick that. Yeah, I I'll remember that. I don't care. I'll remember that. Uh, Aaron, I think we should get right into it. I think we've held off long enough about talking about the one of the greatest games of all time. So, well, on that note, we'll let you lead the dance, uh, Brent. Tell the tell the people out there which abomination you chose this week for games about fruit. Went, I went with orange squash for the yeah. C sixty four. Yeah, you did. And Aaron, this was this was a treat. This was a treat. Uh, like I said before, finding a main character fruit, nearly impossible. I mean, I, I, I challenge you all to go out there and find five games where you play as the fruit. It's hard. Uh, but Orange Squash definitely fills the bill. As you play as an orange, and you are a, a sentient orange who doesn't want to be turned into orange juice. And you are tasked with navigating the levels to escape the juicing warehouse that you were in. Uh, of course, along your way, you you get energy uh, by by harvesting the pulp and juice of other fruit, which seems horrible, but there you go. Uh, it's every fruit orange, for itself right there. Yeah, that's it. Uh, orange squash was uh, created and programmed and the music done by a gentleman by the name of Jason H. Perkins. And he actually has an okay list of C64 games under his belt. You got uh, Wimbledon 64. Uh, uh, Thing on a Spring is a pretty popular oh, one. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Monty on the Run was one of his. Uh, that guy and, did this? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, 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 he was teamed up with the, the uh, Merlin Software, which was the publisher. Merlin Software, not so terrific on the C64 front, but he did, they did a lot of his games, uh, including Wimbledon 64, uh, Blue Moon, uh, Orange Squash. They also did a game called Pixie Pete, which is sort of Mr. Do-like and Crazy Caveman, but that is their entire lineup. Uh, All those games sound alluring to me. I'm not going to lie. Every one of those. Pixie (laughs) Pete. What was the caveman one? That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds like my kind of garbage right there. So I loaded up Orange Squash, and I was like, huh, Orange Squash. You know, the music's not the worst in the world. It's it's not great, but it's not the worst. And uh, I, I loaded it up, and I thought, huh. I think this emulator's broken. This isn't running right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually switched emulators, went to a different emulator, and I was like, huh, this emulator has the same strange bug as that other emulator. And then I was like, huh, maybe this isn't a bug, and it's not. Holy cow. The orange squash moves at a snail's pace. The rest of the world runs fine. Orange Squash does not run fine. In no. fact, he doesn't run at all. I would say casual stride is the the best you can say about it. I would say uh, like manic also, wobble. Because his legs, <laughs> he's really pumping those legs, but he doesn't make much progress. He reminds me of Tim Conway's character on the old Carol Burnett show, the little old man. He's just kind of going like, eh. And, and his jumping ability, he has an incredible floaty jump that is paramount to useless. Uh, when you're trying to jump over something, to, including gaps. So you play as Orange Squash, and you have to maneuver through these warehouse levels. That's his name? The first level... Well, uh, that's his, no. his name uh, is Orange Squash. That's that's a depressing name right out of the gate. <laughs> he does have a name, and I will I will try to find that for everyone as we go along here. I, I knew it, and I lost it. But you you play as Orange Squash, and you are... Maneuvering through the, uh, the the levels, and you're fighting things like 
beach balls or camels. Oswald, by the way, is his name. Oswald. So you you have to jump over and maneuver these levels, and they're single screen levels. Uh, usually three to four platforms high, and you, like I said before, you can collect lemons and to regain your health. Because you don't have men in this. You don't. You have one life, and every time you die, you just lose some juice, and the game restarts the level. So you you are, are attempting to get through these levels with harvesting as many fruits as you can because that's really your lifeblood. Unfortunately, on top of the the very slow pace of the game, you're slow. Everyone else is incredibly fast. You're slow. Uh. Uh, the game is incredibly hard. Uh, enemies respawn, and they usually respawn next to instantly, which means you have a projectile. It looks like you're kind of throwing one of your, your orange seeds, and you have unlimited projectiles, and you can shoot them pretty much as fast as you can hit the button. It looks like an eyeball to me. Uh, no, no, I think it's a seed. Right. And he, it, he incredibly can shoot in... Uh, eight directions. So you could hold the button down and just tap in a direction and you can shoot diagonals and left and right and up and down and all that good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, since the enemies respawn near instantly, you will get to where an enemy is on the side of the screen and you might shoot them 10, 12, 15 times just inching backwards a little bit each time to make progress. And all the while, you're losing your juice. So it's one of those continuously dying games, uh, which makes it incredibly difficult. On top of all that, uh, it gets even better because the uh, hit detection, the hit collision on this is god-awful. Uh, you can clip through platforms. You can get stuck in platforms incredibly easily. Um, some enemies uh, on the second level will take multiple shots, which doesn't sound bad but is incredibly difficult when they respawn back and you've got to do it all again and they're blocking your path it's an incredibly tough game aaron did you have any success with orange squash well i want to i want to go back and touch a few things number one okay if you look at the box and even look at the game uh what's the guy's name again uh, uh oswald. oswald looks a lot like meatwad from the old aqua teen hunger force <laughs> if you ever watch that Except Meatwad's got a lot more personality than uh, this guy. Uh, this guy runs like uh, uh, like uh, he's walking a perpetual banana peels. The fact that I will give the guy credit, he's an orange and he's walking. So, I mean, you can't expect him to go too fast. Yeah, yeah, he, kind of impressive, really. Let me explain my feelings on this game. You know those little, uh, what do they call those little oranges, the little tiny oranges that you can peel them and they're tasty? The orange slice? No. Oh, the chocolate oranges. No, no, yeah. no, no. The little ones, they come in the big bags. I get these little oranges oh, all the time. Uh, Clem uh, Cuties. Um, 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 yeah, Cuties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuties. After I played this game, I threw out the whole bag. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I had no orange juice. We didn't have orange juice at my incredible griddle breakfast of the day. And this game was the reason. <laughs> This game uh, is horrible. It's a horrible game. Uh, we were talking about Top Banana earlier, and this brings in some of the... Of course, the C64 is too puny to display the incredibly hideous graphics that make up Top Banana. So if you take out the backgrounds and put in a little dork of a character that controls like crap and can't take a hit and has a horrible hit window, this is your guy. Like, if, if, Q, if KT was looking for a boyfriend... This guy's the guy right here. They were make a sequel. Uh, horrible movement. Horrible jumping. The jumping is so slow that by the time you get down, whatever you shot or jumped is already coming back. I mean, this guy... Yes. This this reminds me of that game we played. I can't remember what computer it was over. The jumping was like where the guy would go into orbit as he jumped. Yeah. I will say one thing I do like about uh, the orange is when he jumps... He does a full midair split. Like, his legs don't just dangle. Yeah. Like, he pulls them completely out. Toes pointed. <laughs> so, I'm guessing at some point, Mr. Orange was a gymnast uh, or something. Uh, but uh, the the I don't, only took out to the second level in this game. And getting there yeah. was a minor miracle. Uh, I yeah. guess the name the levels are named. The first one's called Rollerball. I think the second one's called, like, This is Awesome or something. I don't yeah. agree, by the way. 
Uh, I will say there's a, there's a cool bit where the screen opens up and makes this noise. That's probably the best part of the whole game is that I never used that shooting that went up in the air. You know, you could turn it because by the time you shot whatever was on another level, you're never getting up there before it comes back ever. That ain't going to happen. So I'm assuming at some point in the game you could, that will help you. But, in, I mean, it's uh, horrible. The fact that you don't have lives in this is a, is a testament to how much the author hated the player. Because just get me out of here. I don't want to play this over and over. Disaster. Why would an orange go after lemons? Like, why do they need a... What is this going to taste like? Like, what is... What's the premise here? I mean... Well, like I said, it, the, the whole thing is he doesn't want you to find out what it tastes like. He's trying to escape the orange juicing plant. Right, but so what What good is getting lemons? What does that do? Refill, he's losing juice as he goes. He's got to keep his juice... Juice is like the blood of the orange. Listen, I would love for Minute Maid to come out on the screen and just beat the tar to this guy with a big mallet. <laughs> He sucked. I felt bad for the lemons. Why can't they run away? You know, why are there <laughs> no, a bunch sorry. of beach balls in a factory that makes juice? What is that? Also, when you get hit, why does your guy disintegrate? Like, what's happening there? You know, everything about this is unworldly and unholy. You know, what kind of floor yeah. is that? Does that look like a good place to get your juice from? It's all green with a bunch of particles on it. Like, what's happened in this factory? It's horrible. This is one of the worst. This is a uh, uh, this is Muldowney level of bad here. This is real bad, it, and and it, you brought this for it. So I mean, you explain yourself. Well, Aaron, I'll have to say that this did get reviewed in magazines. We're, really? Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you want to take a guess at what this sold at when it was released? This wasn't released. It escaped. Number one. And number two, I can't imagine asking someone for money with a straight face. So I have no idea. If I, I, four bucks. Let's go with four bucks. This was seven seven pounds if you wanted the cassette and nine pounds if you wanted it on disc. This came on disc? Yep. <laughs> My God. That's a... This was, this was featured as Game of the Month. Yeah. In CBG Magazine issue thirty-two, was that was that? Wait a minute, was that a Sinclair magazine? Because maybe they were featuring it from the C sixty-four to usher up more people to (laughs) buy the Sinclair. So this this reviewed uh, it has four categories: getting started, graphics, value, and playability, all on a scale one to ten, and. I, I flipped through a few reviews because, you know, the numbers are really super arbitrary if you uh, just see one review. Because some magazines don't give anything large, under a 7 or yeah. some are super hard and never give anything over a 3, that kind of thing. Uh, this this particular outfit seems to use the entire number range. Uh, even on the page that it's featured on, it, it goes from 3 to 9. So it looks like they, they're pretty good about that. In getting started, they gave it a five. In value, they gave it a five. Playability, they gave a four. But Aaron, graphics, graphics, they gave this little game an eight. An eight in graphics. What do you, what do you feel about that? Do you think this is an eight for C64 graphics? Listen, I will say it's less brown than it could be. I guess we could go down that road. <laughs> But, I mean, this magazine, I, I question their authenticity or their ability to see, uh, uh, you know, visually. This I can't imagine giving this an 8 for anything. 8 the orange, that's about it. <laughs> Horrible. So, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find this on eBay. Uh, <laughs> I wonder well, why. You know, that, that was a while ago. Let me check real quick, Aaron. Let me check. Pull up the old eBay. I've got a Discord check. release while you're while you're checking there. Sure, so go for it. Our good buddy Pajaco chimed in. You really, Pajaco just getting home. He's sick, and now you make him play this. <clears throat> Orange squash. The title tune is the depressing version of Scott Joplin's "The Easy Winners," and foreshadows that you are not in for a good time when you play this game. So I'm going to come right out of the gate and say this game is some kind of video game punishment. The main character moves at a glacial speed. The sprite collisions and spora- are sporadic, and you get caught on scenery, 
accidentally jumping into lemons you are collecting or not actually land on a platform you clearly just reached. And on top of that, the level design really works against this. I ended up using save states and pretty much rage quit on level 3 when I can, hey, you got further than me, when I can no longer shoot the helicopter, making the game incompletable. It does have a couple of good things. I like the graphics, even though they look weird, and the energy bar system is a good idea. <laughs> but sadly, this falls apart when you are forced to keep playing, even though you can't make it. I'll give the developer a little a little credit, as it looks like one of their first commercial releases, but jeez. I gave this game a good crack of the whip, but in the end, I could only play this again if my life depended on it, and even then, I might have to think about it. Four out of ten. <laughs> P.S. Why is the game about collecting lemons when it's called Orange Squash? A valid question. A very Which valid. Which we did address. Horrible. Uh, this does have an eBay listing currently, Aaron. If you wanted to grab this, if you wanted to possess such a gem yourself, uh-huh. uh, it is currently going for 34 euros. 34 euros and being sold out of Italy. Man. Uh, it appears that the case for this game was one of those actually high-quality uh, plastic cases, like the the whole clamshell case, not uh-huh. just the tape case itself. Uh-huh. So pretty impressive. No. Pretty impressive. I got, something tells me Merlin saw, thought this was going to be a big win for him. I'm tempted to buy this just to destroy it, you know, because it's, it's <laughs> a, hor- a horrible choice, Brent. You did a horrible job. Also blame Hat Chad for picking this horrible category. <laughs> horrible all around, Brent. Well, let me... Thank God, here comes Daddy to save the day, brother. Because I, when I think, I think games about fruit, I think of fruit being used as vital parts of the game. Not the fruit being the actual guy in the game. So I went back to my roots, and I picked this for a reason. And I picked, bam, Kangaroo, the arcade classic, Kangaroo. Kangaroo from uh, 1982. A lot of people don't realize that this was developed and published by Sun Electronics, who eventually became Sunsoft, Brent, by the way, Newsflash, who did a ton of stuff on the consoles. Um, Atari is is thought often to to be the makers of this, including by me for the longest time, Uh, but Atari only distributed it in the U.S., so they had nothing to do with the development of this one. Just for fun, I looked into uh, some of the games that, uh, that were made by Sunsoft. It's not like they had a ton of stuff I've heard of on the arcades. They did Arabian, which I'd heard of, yeah. and then a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I'd never heard of, and then they, then a bunch, a tons and tons of, of console releases. Uh, oh yeah, and they're actually yeah. still That's around. Really... So yeah. I, I would say, of all the things that they ever did in the arcade, this is far and away the biggest hit they ever had, and it's far and away the best game that I ever played. Although Arabian's pretty good if you're in, if you're into that sort of thing. Arabian, you don't like Arabian that much. No, it's not as good as Kangaroo. Well, Come no, I didn't, I didn't say that now. You know, interestingly, uh, a game that was as popular as this, a pretty popular game, we'll get into how popular, this did not receive very many ports, uh, Brent. Uh, we, it's funny, I <laughs> I remembered covering this with Boat on his show, and I, I thought, man, I, I hope I haven't covered this too recently, because it, was it wasn't the arcade version, it was a console version on 1200XL. But I, I t- looked, and it was three years ago. So I guess I'm off the hook there uh, for covering this. But we did cover this on uh, tw- on 1200XL for the 1200XL. And a funny story about that, just to break, just to knock into it. So when this got ported to the 5200, uh, the, it, it got ported over, and the guys that ported it were GCC. GCC are the guys that ended up doing the, pack, the Pac-Man hack that ultimately became Miss Pac-Man. So they yep. they and so they yep. did a lot of work for Atari, and so when they decided to port this from the uh, uh, 5200 to the Atari 8-bit systems, a guy had developed uh, this piece of software that basically would take finished source uh, finished code and revert it back to source code, and that's what they did on it. They took GCC's version, ran it through this, made the necessary adjustments for the 8-bits, and released it. And they didn't credit the guy that came up with the software who actually did the... And he, oh. and no, he didn't want to be credited. 
he requested that. So basically, I think GCC sort of got screwed a little bit because I don't think they got credit. And uh, they also released this as an APX release on the 8-bits, which was odd because that was usually the way Atari released their, uh, sort of like their PD stuff on the, on the computer. So that's a weird heritage. Let's get to the game proper, though. So Kangaroo, an interesting game. Uh, you are, you play a mother kangaroo, and you know what's happened here. You're just living your own kangaroo life, and here come the monkeys. <clears throat> and I don't mean the good monkeys with Davy Jones and Peter, <laughs> yeah. And so the monkeys have decided to kidnap, uh, your baby, or multiple babies. This, the game opens up with a pretty odd screen, uh, where you see three levels of babies <laughs> that are kidnapped and, and blindfolded. And and the mom, three different moms tried to rescue them, but one of them dying. I don't know what that. I've never understood the opening to this game. It's very she odd. Die. She just falls. Right, but that's <laughs> trust me. She's not living up to that plummet. So <laughs> once you start the game, you're you're on a yeah. Here's if you're watching at home. Here's the weird part. So once you start the game, it's your task to go up and rescue your blindfolded kid who is in a little house at the top of the screen. Uh, this is a four-screen game, uh, pleasantly colored. Uh, your kangaroo is a yellow kangaroo, sort of like a, I guess you'd call it like a bow tie. And then the monkeys are kind of pink. You'll also see a gorilla running around occasionally with a bunch of, uh, with boxing gloves. And your mama kangaroo is also wearing boxing gloves. Your goal is just to get to the top of the screen on three of the four screens to rescue your baby. One screen gets a little wacky, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, as you go up the levels of this, the little chimps that are, fly are walking around <clears throat> will climb down the sides of the screen, which are like trees, and they're armed with fruit. And they throw the fruit at you as soon as they get set. You can see them sort of wind up before they unleash the fruit at you. And so at that point, they're going to throw that fruit either high or low on the early stages. And you've got to decide if you're going to duck or jump or even attempt to punch the fruit, which you could, you could also do. Um, so you've got to avoid these chimps as you go. Uh, of course, you're a boxing kangaroo, so if you get within arm stretch of one of these chimps, you can punch them in the face, and it, I, I guess it kills them or knocks them out. They disappear from the screen, and you keep going. Uh, scattered throughout the level, uh, are occasionally are pickups in the form of fruit, and you'll come to a bell on these levels, and if you ring the bell... Then more fruit comes out, so you can uh, you can, and it's worth more points. One of the things upgraded I, fruit. Yeah, one of the things I learned doing research on this is that if you if you keep ringing the bell, better and more pointy fruit comes out. Of course, you have to go get that fruit, which means going back down the structure in a hilarious turn of events where your mother kangaroo has decided it's more important to eat than to rescue her baby <laughs> who is being held hostage at the top of the screen. So if I'm the Joey up there, I'm being a little angry with Mama as she goes back and forth getting all this extra fruit, but it's for points if you want a point press in this game. Um, the first level and the second level and the fourth level, you would attempt to get to the top of the screen. The third level you get is like the mystery level. In this level, there are a bunch of monkeys lined up, and they're hold they're on top of one another, and they're holding up a cage with your baby in it. And what you've got to do is you've got to punch the lower monkey or whatever monkey you can punch to get the that monkey off the off the stack, so that eventually the cage will come down to the point where you can get your baby. It's an interesting concept because the whole time you're doing this, you're under fire because there's a huge stack of apples at the top of the screen, and there's a monkey up there just throwing them hither and yon. Plus, there's all kinds of other monkeys running around. Plus, there's a big, huge gorilla with boxing gloves that comes out. The funny thing about this boxing glove gorilla is that he... Not a, it's not really the fact that it's a gorilla, and he's wearing boxing gloves. He also has stretchy arms... He can shoot, he can like, almost like Stretch Armstrong. He's got a heck of a reach, this guy. And so he's yeah, tough he to deal with. Yeah, he can seem you real good. You can go over and whack him, and it deters him, but you can't, as far as I can tell, you couldn't actually kill him. You'll just, you can basically knock him to the other side of the screen, but he, he keeps coming. Uh, <clears throat> and he gets, you see him more and more as you go through the game. But that third level is the odd level out. The rest of them have you going up and, you know, to climb ladders to get to your get to the baby uh the game has nice it's got a cute music in it it's got a theme that starts up 
Uh, I looked up what the songs are. Uh, there's a game. There's a song called American Patrol that plays during the game. When you get to the baby, you hear Oh Susanna. Deep a little little chime. And then when the bell rings, and Boat schooled me in on this, you hear a song called the Westminster Quarters. Uh, so that's a little tune you hear. It's, it's like ding, 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 ding. We've all heard it before. If you don't recognize it, that's what that is. Um, <clears throat> once you go through the game four times, uh, the game starts over. It's with it, it becomes harder. There's a little cutscene after you beat all four levels that just shows you uh, punching a uh, an apple core that was thrown in by a monkey, and it you basically whack the apple core back the monkey and whack him. Uh, I never got I never got that to happen. I just hit the apple core and it just went no, away. It does. So I'm assuming yeah, that you that's, can't that's ever. Well, I, I, I shouldn't show you that if you can't do it. That's kind of lame. Um, this game did very well in the arcades. I couldn't find any official numbers, but I remember seeing this everywhere. And the reason I picked this game is. Uh, because I played this when I went up to the uh, arcade up in Chicago, the big arcade up there, Galloping Ghost. It's one of the first games I played. And one of the reasons I wanted to try it was, I play this game a lot at home, and this game is another unique thing in the arcade, where you it's got one button, but the button doesn't jump. The button actually punches, and so all the jumping is done with the joystick. Up for jump, diagonals yep. for jump, and for whatever reason... On the home versions of this, or excuse me, on the main versions, the, when I'm playing this at home with like a gamepad or something, I always have trouble making some of these jumps. And I thought to myself, I want to see how this controls in the real world. And I can tell you something right now. This controls way better in the arcade. Like, a much, much better than it does on like a gamepad. I don't know what it is, but it just I, they, this game was real tight. I had a really good run uh, when I went to the arcade. I played it a couple times, and uh, it's got a. It, I like the cabinet on it. The bezel art's real pretty. Uh, like I said, there's monkeys and free everywhere. It's a real colorful game. Uh, it's fun loving. In some ways, it reminds me a little bit of Poo Yan. The plot's sort of similar. Uh, uh, and so, I, I've always enjoyed this with Brett. I know me and you've played this before. What are your thoughts on the old kangaroo? Oh, absolutely. This is a game. I mean, even though this was a uh, uh, release in 82 yeah which would have made me five yeah it stuck around in arcades well past that to where i could actually play it it on an arcade machine uh uh in a not an arcade i think this was one of the ones outside of uh hex or hills at the time it's it's funny uh, you should mention that around here it's funny you should mention that because it, it did hang around for a while you're right and i and even if, uh, you used to be able to get this machine real cheap uh, you know, when you were we were collecting, I I never got one. This is a game I never thought about owning, to be honest with you. But as I get older, I kind of miss it. Uh, but uh, this one never got real expensive except, well, until now, because everything's expensive. But you sure. used to see these in private collections. <laughs> I believe our buddy in Charleston had one of these in his collection. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, they did hang around for a while. And uh, if I was listing my top, you know, I don't know, ten favorite arcade games. This wouldn't be on the list because I would never think about it. Yeah. It's odd. I super enjoy this game because it is it's a great point pressing game. You can run up, get all the fruit, ring the bell, which spawns the better fruit, run, get it all. Uh, there is a bonus counter, which actually I kinda wish the bonus counter wasn't there. I wish just, just after you rang the bell a few times, it it just uh uh allowed you to finish the stage. But the bonus counter makes it so it, it really forces your hand you can ring the bell like aaron said more than one time you have to wait till it's little tune stops but when you ring it again it replaces all the fruit again even if you haven't collected it which makes it a fun fun point pressing game it's also it's challenging uh the four stages uh really stage one and stage three are probably the hardest in my opinion i thought i think, I the think stage so three is the hardest by far yeah, I don't think they, stage um, one's that tough. It's three I think is the it's, tough one. I, I think it's I think it's difficult only because it has so many uh, places the enemies are attacking you from. They attack you from the uh, above, in front, and behind. Where some of the levels they don't have an above attacker, which makes it a lot easier. Um, I enjoy this for its point pressing. I think this has great graphics. I think this has yeah fun. Uh, 
bezel and uh, marquee art. Yeah. It it plays great. It is also one of those games that you can play for 10 minutes and be satisfied. You can play through a loop and be satisfied and, and go on to another game. Or, like I said, you can really get in there and see the best way to point press and challenge yourself to punch – stop dodging apples and start punching them. Because you, if you dodge them, that's points off the board. If you if you hit them, you get the points and you get to keep going. And they're not they're not difficult to punch, but they're also not easy to punch either. Because at points you can have so many coming at you. So it 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 gets a lot of check marks for doing things right. Uh, the only thing I, I kind of wish it would have considered was being up for jump i know in the arcade it feels better but for an arcade release i think that's not the best idea i think having a jump button would have helped it more um also it's just even in 82 having up for jump in an arcade game was was odd most of them had buttons uh overall though Always enjoy a good round of kangaroo. Always enjoyed coming back to it, and, and really coming back to it is is not the the proper way to say it. Because when I sit down and play main, this is almost always one I load up for a few rounds. Yeah, you know this game is a real oddball game. When you talk about the button layout and the up for jump, I always when you see something like that, I always wonder if they did it to save money or to make this an easy conversion or to uh, use up stock. Something like that, but a game that they spent... I mean, this game is light years above most... I mean, the other games that I saw from this outfit. So this, they had to know they had a winner here. You know, so that's probably just they did it because they thought that'd be the best way to go. And I will say, like I said, in the arcade, it works great. It works real well. But this game does have its quirks. The kangaroo can't fall at all. I mean, if you just step off of the smallest ledge, the kangaroo falls. And when the kangaroo falls, it like plummets. Head first, yes. tail wagon. It's horrific to see the kangaroo go down. You know, at the at the end of the day, uh, and so that's there's that. Uh, the levels that I mean, the le- the fourth level in particular, where there's a lot of broken ladders, it can be a real challenge because you have to navigate your way through the level, and it's it's an odd, it's odd to do with when you. I mean, this guy, the kangaroo, this the mom here is not jump man by any stretch. I mean, uh, Mario could have made it through a lot of these levels a lot easier. So, that, and also the kangaroo is so big, you really have to pay attention to what you're doing. It's funny, on some of the levels where there's really extreme jumping, they actually help you by putting little yellow marks on the logs. That, and once you're on those marks, you can jump from there and you'll be okay. You know, a lot of people probably don't yeah. know that. I think the monkeys in this are outstanding. They look great. Yeah. They got a lot of personality. They hop yeah, around. Have good they throw stuff. They look cool. Uh, uh, they they they're real active. You know, they bebop back and forth. And they're also a clever enemy. If you're coming up a ladder and there's a monkey at the top of the screen, he'll wait till you're halfway up and throw and throw down a, an apple. And so you got to you can't just go up a ladder when he's above you. You've got to sort of wait till he's moved. This is a game that it's not the easiest game to start off with. I mean, uh, uh, you, it takes a while. I often wonder if this game doesn't get talked about more these days just because of the of the controls. I think that's something that kind of hurt it. Like I said, when it, you know, in twenty twenty three. But I mean, if you sit down and play this for a while, <clears throat> I think this is an all time great. Is this in my top ten? I'm like you, maybe not. But I mean, it's it's buzzing around somewhere because it it's one of those games a lot like Puyan. In fact, I'd say, do you like this one more than Puyan? It's tough, isn't it? No. No, they're both good. Mm-hmm. I asked both they're the both same really thing. Good. And he, yeah, and they're both got a lot of ca- character. This is that glorious age of the arcade where people are just, I mean, think about this crazy game. I don't know if there's any place on Earth outside of zoos where monkeys and kangaroos live in the same habitat. I don't think there is. Uh, but <laughs> I, I like the idea someone thought to themselves, someone in Japan thought, man, what if a bunch of kangaroos had their babies stolen by chimps? That would be kind of cool. That's a game. Bam, make it. And they did. There's a lot going on behind the hood in this. And it's one that you can play over and over, and you'll see different stuff every time. I think we're both big fans of this one. Um, Absolutely. I had a look here on the old Discord. Our good buddy Pajaco had to go with this one. <clears throat> he writes, 
I don't get this game. The intro shows a mother kangaroo haplessly falling down a hole as she attempts to reach her young Joey. And then suddenly, a bunch of, be of bleeping monkeys are holding the Joey hostage. For what reason, we'll never know. And it's down to you to ascend to the top level and rescue your offspring, punching monkeys in the face along the way before they can take you out with an apple. An apple! I would make a monkey spanking joke, but I'm too highbrow for that. Did I mention that the monkeys are also pink? Is this inspired by Donkey Kong? Very probably. It is a, it is a get to the top and rescue the thing game, but it's different enough to stand on its own two feet. The third level is particularly taxing as you need to punch out a column of monkeys to rescue the Joey, while all heck is only moments away from breaking loose. Uh, so that mixes it up a little. I do like this game as it is challenging, but if you can't get the hang of it, but but you can't get the hang of it pretty fast. I don't know the I don't think the graphics are as nice as they could be for 1982, but they're still good and the audio and everything plays very well. Sprite collision is a little unfair at times. But nothing out of the ordinary. If you've never played this before, give it a whirl. It's pretty neat. 8 out of 10. Actually, I think the graphics were really good. I, I, I was always yeah. impressed with the graphics on this thing. You know, if yeah, you, I would agree. If you haven't played Kangaroo, this is one uh, that, I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit it. I picked this because it's a ringer a little bit, but also fit the, it fit the, yeah, uh, no kidding. It fit the fruit <laughs> motif. Uh, hey, listen, it has hey. tons, it's got tons of fruit in it. And there's, it used fruit as a weapon. But I mean, it, it um, I, I wanted to play this because I, since I'd played it at Galloping Ghost, if you have an arcade around that has this, uh, trust me, give this a whirl. You'll be a fan. And if you've got an arcade uh, set up at your house, put this on it. I saw some people talking about it compared to Popeye or whatever. This doesn't play... It does. It seems like you think to yourself, hey, it's like a cross between Popeye and Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong gets bantered around a lot when it comes to this game, but I don't find this game plays like Donkey Kong hardly at all. I mean, you're climbing ladders, but I mean, like I said... It's a lot, in fact, it plays a lot more like Popeye. Right, yeah, absolutely, Brent. Uh, I, and let's yeah. hope that Mama reaches the poor blindfolded Joey, which is also creepy, I might add. Every time I see that, I think of the Iranian hostage crisis with those guys. It drives me nuts. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, because the Joeys are very sad. Poor babies. I'm sure she'll get up there before they get damaged, the Brent. Aaron... What if my computer got damaged? My classic C64 or Amiga. What would I do? You don't have any of those computers, Brent. But if you did, if you were cool enough to have one, there's only one place to go for all your computer needs. And I think we all know where that's at. It's at RetroRewind.ca. Hold up Absolutely. your sign, to Brent. Ah, that's what I thought. RetroRewind.ca. Our good buddy Frank up in the Great White North. What does Frank do up there? Well... As we saw at Boat Fest with our own two eyes, Frank is a repairman of top level. Him and his crack staff, including Jason Warrens, who we saw work like a dog at Boat Fest, will take care of your Commodore computers and your Cocos, your TRSA car computers, among a myriad of other things. Do you need full service repairs? Frank will be your hookup, conveniently located in North America. Or if you'd like to do it yourself, Frank can sell you all sorts of diagnostic tools to and cap kits to help make the repair easier. If you're looking to upgrade your existing machine, Frank has SD Solutions. He's got the Kung Fu Flash. He's got the SDC for the Coco. He's got Amiga 600 uh, accelerators. Frank has it all. That's Retro C, uh, RetroRewind.ca. Please, we beseech you, give Frank a shot. What do you got this week to put on the wheel? It's wheel time. We reseated the, the previous wheel as much as possible. We did have to have a few fill in. But now the wheel is shoulder mounted. Oh, God. So let's see how this goes. We're not getting the sound from your shoulder mounted wheel. I'll make the noise for it. All right, we have a winner there, Britt. What's it say? Uh, looks like award winning games. That sucked. <laughs> that was brought to us by Barkbit. What a great idea. Award-winning games that suck. That sounds awesome. Okay, so that's what we'll be doing next week. Award-winning games that flat-out suck. That'll be fun because we have to go look up what awards they won. We, after yeah. hearing the scores that your orange game got, I have no doubt that there are plenty of games that won awards. Now, are we going to be content with like winning like magazine-type awards, or do we want like the Golden Joystick-type awards? Where? No, because I think I think it, it, any award that is a awarded to at least 
one other game, you know, that it's that's not the only award that it that was ever given was to this game. I think that's the only restriction. Very good. So, you know, here we are towards the end of the show, but before we wind it down, we want to talk about two subjects. I want to touch on one real briefly, and then we're going to talk about uh, one more. First thing I want to talk about is I want to thank everyone who turned up for BGW Wrestling uh, last Saturday night. We had a great time, real good crowd, real good turnout for BGW's Battle of the Sands. Uh, held right here in a Hurricane, which is just up the street here in Taze Valley. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was myself, Professor Wrestling Tim Legg, and, of course, the Southern Dandy, John Bonacard Schaller. Uh, a great show. Uh, it was. Uh, we had a lot of fun. They didn't draw that well because it was, it was a holiday, so we're hoping that the August 5th show will be a much bigger turnout. But the matches were red hot, Brent. I don't know if you caught any of them, but it was a good time. So if you haven't caught that, by the way, please... Go over to Amigo Stream Team, all one word. Check it out on YouTube. We've got the we've got the sizzle reel up, which will get fill you in on all the feuds and stuff. And then we've got the actual card, pretty much unedited except for cutting out the intermission uh, with myself, Boat, and Hose, calling all the action. Will be a lot of fun. I've been informed by Boat that next on the next show we will be pretty much at ringside, which I didn't ask for this, but my God, we're going to be there. So that should be a lot of fun. BGW Wrestling. Now, uh, just we haven't been on since we uh, were at Boat Fest, Brent. Any thoughts about uh, the goings on at Boat Fest? Boat Fest was an incredible time. Uh, it was really three days of nonstop gaming action. Uh, it four for some of us. <laughs> well, it, it it allowed uh it allowed us to meet our community face to face. The ones that were uh, willing and able to make the trek to West Virginia, and it helps. It helps to have uh, faces to go with some of these names, just like last year. And we got we had people from literally all around the world. It was an international boat fest this year, uh, and it was incredibly enjoyable. If you were not able to attend, but you uh, were a ARG supporter, don't fret. The last of the ARG gift mystery gift packets will are going to be going out tomorrow uh so if you haven't gotten yours yet don't panic yet uh the last time we're going out tomorrow at max i think it'd be about a week until you see them and that features although these are a little butchered the arg cards uh these were uh my idea a, a little something to be a little different for a collectible a, a, a nice a souvenir, a nice ARG still mixed with some of that old school feel. And those cards uh, feature not only pictures of Aaron and I in some of the packages, it also features box art that has been modified to support our logo. And it has some classic box arts in there. You forgot and it one. Also you has, forgot this one, man, next year. Put that on the card. Yeah. It also has, although this doesn't have the scratcher, the scratching bits on it, uh, scratch-off games from, like, the old Pac-Man scratch-offs that you'd get in the trading card packs. Uh, there there are, you don't get all the cards in one pack, so there are some rare cards. And That's how they get are, you. They are, there are also <laughs> a few mystery cards. Uh, the Pokey Brent card being the ultra-rare, if you happen to draw it, be sure to post it in Discord. Aaron, that's about all I've got. How about yourself? Oh, oh you know, uh, I don't know if people know this, but me and Boat are, uh, aren't going to be back on live for a couple weeks. Uh, we're, we did a bunch of pre-records, so I, I want to take this opportunity so I won't get a chance to do it again for a while and thank all the people that uh, made nice videos of the show. I've seen some of them, uh, including uh, a great video from uh, Ken, you know, of Canadian Retro Things. Uh, they talked about Boat Fest very kindly on uh uh coco nation they did a big in fact they were it was like an hour of talking about it which was real nice uh, uh petzl made a great video of it lots of people including jocko and uh, uh graham and some of the guys have made have really nice picture albums they've put together uh, which i've enjoyed seeing some pictures i hadn't even seen before i got a big kick out of uh so that was great i appreciate everybody who uh, uh has been so nice to uh uh, to how you know to tell people how they enjoyed the show or whatever that was that was really nice of you. Hey, it was a great time. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it was a uh, it was a wall to wall 
weekend, including the the day after we went to uh, the Lord's Barbecue, which was great. Uh, but I mean, I'm still sort of I, I've tried to pack too much into a three week period. So this weekend is the first weekend I'm just gonna sit around and take take. I haven't even rebuilt the uh, studio yet. That's one of the reasons why we're remote today because of the studio is still in shambles from Boat Fest. Uh, but uh, boy, it was a lot of fun. And I hope uh, if if and when we do it again, of course, boats already on talking about next year's. So I guess we're gonna do another one. Uh, that uh, the folks that uh, that enjoyed it, that want to, can come back out, and maybe some folks that didn't get a chance to come this year will come back at the next one. We're not gonna build this thing for the next eight months. This is the last time we're gonna talk about Boat Fest. Everyone's probably sick of hearing about it. But I would be remiss if I didn't thank everybody. And I also want to thank the fellows uh, who donated items to your auction, Brent, to. Uh, Go to charity. We had uh, some real nice items, including Amiga, uh, Amiga accelerators, and um, even an Unamiga that were donated by people, uh, and I, which we really appreciate that because that we raised a lot more money. Uh, you know, you know, Boat got a real nice email from the folks at the charity. They're like, "Wow, this is great." You know, uh, this yeah. was real nice. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we single those people out who kicked in to give that money to go to the auction. I kind of like the idea of mixing in some auction items that were for charity along with the nor- other stuff. The, the auction, well, well. by the way, if you uh, are interested in seeing the auction, if you weren't there, it's we just posted, I think, today on the, um, on the Amigos main channel on YouTube. So the auction is up there pretty much in its entirety. Uh, and for those that were asking... Uh, the, uh, interviews have all been, I did the best I could, uh, and I've got them all cut up and labeled, and they are already made a video of, I don't know when they're going to be coming up, but they'll be in the next couple weeks, and we're just, the video, the, the interviews I did, Brent, took over two hours, that's edited, uh, and, uh, we had, almost all of them turned out well, the only ones that really had problems were Ken and Curtis, uh, we had some microphone issues with them, but otherwise it went pretty well, so those will be coming up, but yeah, thanks again everybody for, uh, all the Boat Fest stuff. And for, uh, you know, coming around. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Now, Brent, I'm ready to get back into uh, the uh, the ARG gravy train, brother. Get back into it. Oh, one more thing, because I promised it. September, I don't know the date yet, there will be an International Computer Club. I'm going to put it on the calendar as soon as I settle on a date, Brent. I expect you to come to this one and even have a demonstration of some sort. Sure. Yeah, right. That's all we got. Anything else, Brent, before we take that house? Nope. All right, until next week, have a banana, and don't have any oranges. That's for damn sure. Good, everybody. Yeah.